2: Welcome back to our part two sit down with Dana Wilkie. We are going to talk more about The Housewife and the Shaw Shocker, more about what she knows about Jen Shaw, more about behind the scenes filming, and we're going to talk about her ongoing battle in the real world with Teddy Mellencamp, Dorit and PK. Everything that's going on, Dorit, PK, Teddy, they all say that she was responsible for Dorit's home invasion and there's a lot going on. So we're about to get into all of that. Welcome back to our part two sit down with Dana. If you haven't heard part one where we begin this conversation, check that out. And now part two. Do you? How do you? Because you've researched both of them. How do you think Jen's situation compares to Erica's? Worse? Better? More egregious? Talk to me. Uh,
3: It's worse. Worse because she's facing seven to ten years in prison. And Erica hasn't been indicted yet, uh, you know, and it doesn't look like it's going to happen. Although, you know, we still have some road on that because, of course, you know, if they are indeed doing an investigation out of Illinois criminally, I mean, you know, the government does deep dives that civil litigations and bankruptcy courts can't even do.
2: Yes, yes and yes. I think that's why it is worse what about, what have you learned from this with Sharif? Like, do you think Sharif knew what was going
3: on? That's the big question, right? Um, I think, you know, I think that, uh, a a great point was brought up to me today by a mutual friend of ours, Adam on up and Adam. Yeah. And, he said... This
2: show is just your plug for everyone.
3: Keep going. Well, no, we all help each other, right? Well, um, but so this far, is I legit. have no
2: edits. There are a couple, you know, podcasters that will have to unfortunately be edited out, but I have nothing wrong with you, <laughs> you plugging your shit or Adam. Those are both approved, approved to approved.
3: Thank you, thank There's you. There's a couple
2: <laughs> of names we will have to bleep out if you mention, but go on, because we often do.
3: Go on. Okay. Um, <laughs> so I forgot what I was even saying there, because like, uh, So Adam said... Um, that he wondered if, you know, if maybe it had to do with something like why, why did Erica get have everyone come for her as the spouse so hard with Tom? And then coach Sharif seems yes. to be like, everybody's cool with it. That's and what I, I'm saying. And I was as bold. I was very bold, and I said unpopular opinion. But after watching the Janet Jackson special, which I believe was on Hulu also about the uh, wardrobe malfunction, I think it could have to do with he, him being a guy and Erica being a woman. And I know that's going to be an unpopular opinion. But after watching that Janice Jackson uh, documentary where, uh, you know, they show that Justin Timberlake basically you know, wins a Grammy after the Super Bowl, gets all these sponsorships, makes like a measly apology, you know, that isn't all that special, like is forgiven in two seconds and moves on. And Janet Jackson literally has her entire career destroyed at that point. In fact, she came out with an album that most people don't know exists because it came out after the Super Bowl within a few months.
2: Is it behind the velvet rope or velvet rope?
3: She want to Google album. it.
2: She has an album called Velvet Rub. No, I was just giving a shameless plug to this
3: podcast.
2: Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> you know, since since we're in that shameless plug mode,
3: next time I'm with you, I'll pull your boob out really fast. <laughs> Seriously. No, I don't
2: know. Madonna's very upset at Instagram because they they censored her for the nipple. And Gwyneth Paltrow was just on uh, Watch What Happens and says, free the nipple. So there's your update on nipples. Um,
3: (laughs) Thank you, thank
2: you. That's my thing, that is my thing. Like, right, why is everyone coming for Erica when your spouse did this and no one is coming for Coach Shaw? I I have the same question, you think it's... But I mean, do you think he knew? But really, why is nobody even asking
3: that well there's first of all because it's a criminal indictment obviously asking that question when it's already gone criminal is a very serious question to ask right <laughs> so that's number one i think that's why people are a little sensitive more so of it from a different perspective i think another thing is that you know uh, some people believe that uh coach Shaw is not that close with Jen Shaw and that she doesn't tell him everything. And, and potentially they're not as close as they are depicted on the show. I mean, Um, he did try to fall for divorce. Yeah, it's not, it's not a good marriage, I guess. So, you know, that was another thing that was mentioned. Um, another possibility was, um, that, uh, you know, don't ask kind of like Erica, you know, don't ask, don't tell kind of thing. Like didn't really worry about it. Yeah. They didn't have that many assets. So like the truth is Jen Shaw has, you know, at best middle, middle, middle middle-class assets. Okay. Right. upper she didn't even
2: have a house to put up.
3: Yeah, she I think that like, she was living in a townhome that was worth a few hundred grand that I think they owned. And other than that, they had no assets. So, you know, and by the way, a spouse can't uh, go up against another spouse. So the real question I had is actually deeper, and I'm going to share it with you. I haven't told anyone this question. Tell me. And that is, did he not divorce her because he knew this investigation was coming? Mm. Because if he was if he actually had filed for divorce, he could have been forced to testify against her. Mm.
2: That's a good point.
3: Right? I like this point. Thanks. That's a new one just
2: for you. Haven't said that one one before. I do (laughs) like this, and I think that that is why I am gonna make a statement. I think that is why.
3: Like, you know, you don't, don't try love- to steal the press from me, no, David. <laughs> no, like,
2: no, I <laughs> like kidding. it. Like you don't love the person, but you know, you, yeah, you're protected. You can't testify against them.
3: Huh. That's right. That's interesting.
2: Right. All yeah. right. Well, that might be the case. Honestly, that might be the case.
3: What did you think about some of the victims, um, like the numbers of the losses before they disputed some of the charges on their credit card? What were
2: they like? 20,000,
3: 8,000? 29,000, 18,000. I mean, look, I feel,
2: I feel, feel, here's how I feel. I'm going to have two opinions. One will be an unpopular opinion and one will be, I feel that I could never be that person. So I don't not feel sorry for these people. And I do have a caveat to this. The caveat is I do believe when you get old, you do, you, 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 you change and your mind changes and putting Alzheimer's and actual real things aside, there is, there are old people whose minds change. I've seen it firsthand and family members and friends, parents. So if, you know, I'm not that age and that might happen to me. And that is like, I do feel sorry for these victims immensely. The other part is there's right now in the world, there's nothing, I've said this before, like, like a Teresa and Erica, there's no man that I could fall in love with, marry, give my Flower to, and you can put any piece of paper 7,000 pages. One page there's no piece of paper that a human, breathing, living person can put in front of me that would say sign. And I would pick up a pen and I would sign. I could be fall down drunk. You mean, prenum- uh, like a prenup? No, I mean, like, i I could never fall prey to a scam. So I am so not like, I need to just, I do have extreme sympathy for these people. Well, you're
3: assuming there was a contract, right? So no, that's what I'm you... just
2: saying. Like, I'm just, I'm jumping all over the place. Like I yeah. a yeah. Where are you going or, with that? Well, no, I'm saying, cause <laughs> I've said before and people are like, oh my God, I agree with you. Like Teresa or Erica. Like I couldn't, you couldn't put something like Teresa Giudice signed something. Oh, I didn't know what it was signing. Erica. Oh, it's in my name. what, what? <laughs> I could never be no, yeah. That's totally in a relationship tough. where you say, "Here's a 17-page document. Here's a one." I would say, "What the what the fuck is this that you want me to pick up this pen I, 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 across the room? Take it in my hands, and, and unless you have a gun to my head that you prove to me is loaded, and you're going to pull the trigger, and I'm going to be dead on the floor, I would never sign something put in front of me." So if you called me on the phone and said, "Hey, man, blah blah blah," and I was like, "Wait." you want $6,000 of my money.
3: Hold on, hold on. Let me go to my bank account. Okay. Oh, David, David, listen, let me interrupt you. For I, a I'm not saying I don't feel sorry for Just the people. Jeremy, I'm not saying that, but wait, I think your argument falls down. So I have to tell you why. Why? Okay. So these old people don't know, let's say modern technology, and they don't know what why? these things, what's absurd and what isn't absurd. I so know, but they think they just don't understand. Well, let me give you an example of how this could work different for you. I feel okay. Horrible. I'm gonna play- watch the
2: documentary. I'm I gonna felt- talk.
3: I- I'm gonna give you an example. Okay. So I go to you, David, and I say to you, "Oh my gosh, I had Dr. Randall Hayworth, Hayworth, the plastic surgeon from The Swan, on my show last weekend, which I did." drama, Dana. Okay. You have to, you have to go. So guess what? I had another,
2: I had another surgeon from the Swan on my show and you know what his name was? Dr. Terry, Terry Dubrow. Yeah. Yeah. So well,
3: yeah. Go to my job. Patreon and see why Randall was better. Okay. Okay. So now,
2: um, <laughs> no, listen, Alexa, please call Dr. <laughs> Randall from the Swan book him. Yes, David. Okay. So we're going to have him on this show next week. Go on.
3: Okay, so what I was going to tell you is that if I said to you, I got this thing, and he just said to me that I can get this procedure, and I saw the before and after of like 50 people, and it's like incredible. Like everybody looks, you know, 20 years younger and different, and his work is so amazing. Now, let's just pretend that you know, in this circumstance, like I'm just looking at random pictures of two people that are totally different, but I don't know that. Okay. And of course this is not Randall. I'm just using that as a, as an example, but let's say I did that and I come over to your house and you trust me cause I'm smart. And I go look at these things. I'm going, I, I am so excited. I, I think I'm going to go do it. There's like a two-year waiting list. You've got to give them 20 grand. It's like life changing. And, you know, then you talk to him and he's like, listen, I've got it to your waiting list. I don't know if I can even take another person right now. Like, I'm sorry. I don't really want you. I've got Kim Kardashian. And he tells you this story and like gets you going in a physical way. And I know how much you love physicality. Okay. And nobody can debunk it. You can't find out that it's not happening because it's so private. It's so elitist. You just can't
2: talk to anyone.
3: You might, you might cough up some amount of money to, as a deposit towards that surgery. Sure. Okay. When you you
2: put it like that, (laughs) possibly (laughs) if I saw a lot of pictures and I, I mean, you know, if you believe. So
3: there you go. I just sold you a Jen Shaw alleged pitch. And I, instead of being elderly, I played on you as a vanity person. So my lead list would be full of people who have shown that they love cosmetic surgery. They wouldn't do that they over love the themselves. Phone.
2: I wouldn't like just look at, I mean I would speak to the doctor. There'd be something more to it. But I mean I, I get what you're saying.
3: Yeah, but that's what they did. They had coaches. They had other people they would and I'm just trying to give you a real wow. feel of this. They would no, pass you to people. It's, it's They'd sad. say let me get you over to Randall's consultant you know, something like that. You get the drift.
2: I, I get the drift. But I mean, by the way, I think I'm going to have them
3: do my plastic surgery. I want to get my jaw done. I'm, I'm serious on that. I'm not trying to tell you. <laughs> okay.
2: And by the way, speaking of like, can I just, I'll tell you a two second story of like, to your point. Okay. So there's this, you know, here behind the velvet rope, we are a major podcast. So we get, of course, Lots of, you know, lots of things sent our way because, you know, this is one of the top podcasts in the country. So there is a surgeon, someone that reached out to me and is like, look, if you ever want Botox, like, you know, whatever, whatever. It was in Englewood, New Jersey. I'm like, look, I'm not coming to Englewood, New Jersey for Botox. But, you know, if I'm ever there, sure. It turns out, you know, my good friend, Constantine Marulis, we all know him, American Idol, invited me and some friends. Hey, I'm playing, bro. Come and see me. Blah, blah, blah. Let's go see Constantine. Guess what? Constantine's performing in Englewood, New Jersey. Let me look up this surgeon. Blah, blah, blah. Hey, it's me. Blah, blah, blah. I doubt you're gonna to want to open your practice at 6 30 at night, but that's right before the show. Oh my god, we're opening our practice for you. I'm like, okay, I'm like I think this is free, whatever. You know, not that I don't pay for it, but I'll just go to my regular person if I have to pay. Go there, get there. Okay, the door is open, like outside, open, like the door is propped open, come in, do do. I mean, this was like an empty building. It was like 6:30 on a Saturday get there. The woman's like, have you ever had filler? I'm like, like, she's like nervous to ask me. I'm like, oh my God, I totally have filler. She's like, can I do filler? (laughs) So no. So no, she's like, can I do filler? So like, at this point I'm like, it's Voluma, which is like the real shit. And I'm like, listen, like not to be like, cause I'm not cheap. If I want it, I'll pay, but I'm like, so how do you want to work this? Like, do you want a story? Do you want a page post? I just was like, at this point now, this like, you know, Botox for like $750 is turning into like, you know, a $4,000 visit, which like, then I'm like, let me, th-. so she's like, whatever, like do a page post, do like a story. Like, I just have to tell you. I love this episode. I'm like, oh my God, this is a fucking super fan. Love her. Like, I mean, this is like my dream come true, finding a super fan who's a a surgeon. This literally is my dream come true. So, like, I'm getting to my point, to your point. So, sure, give me all the filler, get all the filler, get all the Votex, whatever. It's like fine. Then, like, the next day I was like a little swollen, like, whatever it is. But the point is, I didn't check anything out. This could have been the janitor in the building. Like, the door was propped open. I just walked in. The person was in street clothes. You just was, proved my point. I know. You just proved why, my point. I love it. You, that's why I'm telling you this story. I'm like, huh. I love it. Like, should I have, I mean, like, okay, she DM'd, she DM'd me and there was like a page, but like, I mean, I, do, I don't think she broke in. I'm like, I'm sure this person works there, but whether she was like the surgeon, the assistant, whatever she was, there were needles in my face and it wasn't just Botox. It was filler. It was like a full hour of stuff. And I'm like, thank you. Bye. Never checked, asked like, what's your name? Who? I mean, like, I, I, I know her name See, you were like the old little old lady on the show. (laughs) I really, the next day when the shit was bruising, I was like, Oh huh. shit. <laughs> no, and I was like, I knew she was awesome, and she's an amazing, amazing Dr. Couture in Englewood. She's f- fucking phenomenal. It's like I love my Voluma, I love my Botox. Shout out. Um, this is not a sponsored ad. I'm gonna make yes. you show
3: a picture of your face after this because I want to see how but it looks.
2: I got it like two. I have two months, three months ago, whatever, but I'll show you. But the point is, yes, when there was bruising the next day, I was like. Shouldn't I have at least made sure she worked in that particular office as opposed to like the law office upstairs or like the accounting office down? I mean, it was literally seven o'clock on a Saturday night and the outside door was propped open with a brick. And I'm like, huh, maybe I should have asked if she was actually the doctor first. She was great. See,
3: isn't it good that I came up with an example that would help you, you relate to the victims? Okay. Thank you. That actually really does help. So okay, good. <laughs> I've proved your point. Love you.
2: Um. Okay. So I just, you know, I just wanted to point that out. Not, not, not giving Erica props, but you know, people are coming at her pretty hard. No one's coming after Coach Shaw. Um, I don't know about the whole woman man thing, but okay. I. It was just something
3: women. else to think about. That's all.
2: Yes. Here's another question based on your years of research. So, Jen. This was in, like, so why join this show? Like, she knew about this from 2016 that she was reprimanded and spoken to and her other companies closed. So, I mean, does she not think she's doing anything wrong? Is she cocky and thinking, I'm doing something a little wrong, but it definitely won't come out. This show's not about business. It's about my lifestyle. Like, why Do you think she had any reservations when she gets the job of like, I have a secret that might come out?
3: I think that, you know, she she told herself like, if it's coming, it's coming and nothing I do is going to stop that. So I'm going to make the best of like all my dreams and, and, you know, and aspirations and go on this show and become famous. And, you know, it was, I really believe it was a dream of hers to go on this show and be a housewife from the beginning. And she wasn't going to pass that up for, for any, you know, possible situation. I don't think she, like, if she knew it was coming, she probably thought it was unavoidable. So she would, you know, enjoy it for as long as she could. And maybe she also rationalized that other people have survived it on the Housewives. So in other words, look at Teresa, right? Look at Erica. She loves to compare, Jen compares herself to Erica Jane, although not indicted, that, you know, someone can basically uh, allegedly have a connection to stealing people's money, uh, you know, that are are widows and victims and, you know, burn victims and all this stuff and somehow still go on the show with with no remorse and pull it off. So, I mean, uh, although Jen didn't know that at the time of signing on, she'd seen other hints of it in past years of Housewives. And she probably said, you know, uh, I can survive it.
2: And this really didn't happen because of the show, right? Like, let's clarify that or did it? Yeah, no,
3: no, it didn't. I mean, uh, uh, prosecutors do love famous people because it, amplifies, like they're trying to say, don't do this behavior. And it amplifies it with a celebrity. Um, It might, you know, have them throw more resources at it, or, you know, if they were on the fence about indicting, they might definitely indict to get the attention. But, you know, in this particular instance, I mean, it was coming.
2: Right. It was coming regardless. And that's the same with Erica, right? I mean, Erica's was coming regardless.
3: Well, Erica's is Tom. I should say. I mean, Erica. Erica. I have to say that Tom started stealing right around the time that Erica and him got together. So I ask myself why a lot secretly in my head. Okay.
2: I I wonder,
3: huh? It keeps you up at night. So like, really
2: none of this has to do with the show. And that's different than Teresa's, which I do think is because of the show, I, I think.
3: No, I don't. I mean, you she don't? based, no, I mean, she based like you're saying the wealth, the inspirational wealth that they're trying to achieve. No, I'm saying
2: like you got caught because you are on the show. Like nobody was looking into Jen Shaw. Well, they were, nobody was looking into Tom Girardi. They kind of were. I think Teresa's was because you were on the show. Like, oh, there's a person named Joe Judice this doesn't seem right. Right.
3: That's, well, that's I mean, I it think. doesn't, it, it doesn't matter where it happens in the life cycle of the process. It's like, it does it, like, it does to no. me.
2: Cause then it's like your desire for fame at all costs, like a drug, which is my favorite topic is what has landed you here.
3: Can you hear that noise?
2: No, I cannot. Okay. Is, good, it, like, is it like white noise?
3: Yeah. It's like in the background.
2: No, I cannot.
3: okay, good. I just didn't want it to script your recording. Um, no so, uh, yeah, no, I think um, I think that prosecutors, if someone goes on a show and they're already investigating them and you know they think that it, it's helpful to you know get the message out there. It certainly doesn't make them not want to do the indictment. <laughs> it would definitely be like an incentive to do the indictment. But if um do, you know, do I think that they say, oh, because that person's a celebrity, let's indict them. I don't think so. I think that they enjoy targeting. I mean, they they're happy when it turns out someone's famous that they have an investigation on. But it doesn't necessarily mean they're looking for people that are famous. Right. Like like Teresa basically lied to a judge in a courtroom and said she didn't like wasn't didn't have a car that she had okay that's why she went to jail for a year oh
2: my god Teresa
3: okay so I mean it you know what I'm saying
2: Ay, ay, aye Teresa um I do know what you're saying I do it's just yeah I mean listen yes Look, I mean, do you think that any part of Jen Shaw? This is going to be a question. I'm sorry. This is it's an, a question I have. It's a real question. Do you think any part of Jen? Well, first of all, do you think Jen Shaw understands the gravity of her situation?
3: Uh, I think she's scared out of her mind, and if she even stops to think about it, she'll implode I think she's so scared and you don't think Erica's scared I think Erica has a chip broken I don't think she gets scared about anything I think she's like actually like a malfunctioned human and you don't think Jen is the same way no I think Jen is uh her defense mechanism is to like pretend it's not happening but I think Jen is legit scared out of her mind
2: and you think, so you think she understands like, this is federal, federal doesn't come. I mean, the feds don't come and, you know, take you out of your house if or take you away if they don't have an actual case, period, period, the end. Like when the feds come for you, it's not like, are you really innocent? It's like, I mean, you are innocent until proven guilty, but they're not just there to chat. Like, well, the like, reason serious. that,
3: let me address that because it's, I want to be fair. Hold on one second. Go ahead, because I think you're like a huge Jen Shaw fan here. I'm not. Um, okay. <laughs> sorry, and, then, would... and,
2: and that's okay if you are. I no, just no. am trying Let me... to understand this.
3: No, I need to I need to clarify. I'll, sometimes you say things uh, on the show, which are like the traditional viewpoint of stuff, which I get. Okay. But I, I spend a few minutes to try to explain other viewpoints. Points because I think they're important. By all means. Um, okay, so when uh, um, when someone is indicted, all it takes is a prosecutor to present their case to a jury that then says, "Go ahead with a you know with a trial." Okay, to see if this is true. They the jury that makes that decision to indict only hears one side of the story. That's really important. Because what you were saying is like, well, if they come and they indict, it, does, it's not true. That's not accurate. They give their evidence, one-sided evidence uh, to a, a bunch of people who then say, yeah, that's good enough to go to a an indictment. And then they go to an indictment and then they figure out you know, what's fair will come out in the jury trial, okay? That's the way our legal system works. And I actually think that that's, Uh, faulted. I think, you you know, both sides from the point of the indictment should be able to present both sides of the case. And then if there's enough evidence on one side, it goes to an indictment and then it goes to a jury trial. I think that would be fair. Because can you imagine it? Like if I said um, uh, to somebody, uh, let me think of something I could say about you. It would be like me saying, let me think. Uh, you know, uh, David has had, uh, uh, let me think. I'm trying to think. You may have to edit this because I have to think about some, an example. Can you think of an example? Help me.
2: Say it again because I don't know what you're trying to say.
3: So what I'm saying is that in our American system, when you have to get, like, in order to indict someone, you have to present a one-sided case to a jury, not yes. a two-sided case. So you're saying, no, you've got to have like a really good case to bring it forward. And I'm saying, no, you don't. Okay. L- like, let's say that I go, uh, let me make, not, make it not you. It's like, so let's serious, say serious though. When the feds knock on that door. Well, they, they, when they come into your house and they do the, the search and all that stuff. I mean, they do that for everybody. It doesn't matter. Like, they did nothing, like, extraordinary for her. Roger, Roger Stone went through the same thing. Didn't you notice? Have you seen that video? No. Yeah, Roger Stone, he's, like, just there with his wife, and the cops come in with the SWAT team and guns, and, I mean, they just do that. <laughs> That's what they do.
2: What about, so you, you think that she is scared and you think she understands the gravity of it?
3: Yes. And I do think that and, and like to wrap up my last point, I do think that, yes, a lot of the time the prosecutor has a good case. But I do think our system has a tendency to be one sided in the beginning of the process, which I don't think is right. Uh, and, and I don't think it's right for a lot of reasons. There have been people who have been sitting in jail because they found a bag of powder on the floor of their car And it turns out when the test result comes back, you know, it's, it's baby powder and it's not, you know, cocaine or something. And they've been sitting in jail and it's just like, again, it's like a one-sided story doesn't have the other. I just think it's not right.
2: What about, do you think any part of Jen Shaw is happy that this happened? You guys need to listen to Andy Ware's Project Hail Mary on Audible. This interstellar science-based thriller from the best-selling author of The Martian is skillfully performed by Ray Porter. Ray brings this already gripping tale to life with his vibrant and witty narration. A lone astronaut must save the Earth from disaster and this epic tale of discovery, speculation, and survival. That's part scientific mystery, part intergalactic journey, and all edge-of-your-seat entertainment. And isn't that what you guys love, edge-of-your-seat entertainment? Isn't that why you're listening to this podcast? This Audible Studios production of Project Hail Mary is a number one New York Times audio bestseller and continues to top Audible's bestseller charts and garner rave listener reviews. That's so impressive. Here are what listeners are calling the highest order of geekasm metal, Go to audible.com slash project Hail Mary and listen now. You know, protein powders can feel so intimidating, this whole no pain, no gain. But the truth is deep down, we all need protein, whether it's about muscles and working out and doing reps or just taking a nice leisurely stroll. That's where essential protein from Ritual comes in. I love the fact that it's a great vanilla taste and there's no sugar added, no fillers, no colors, no shady additives, and it's soy-free, gluten-free and formulated with non-GMO ingredients. I found Ritual so easy to use. You just add water, shake, and sip. And I love it. It comes in three premium formulations for different stages in life. And listen, we all have different unique nutrient needs. So why not shake up your Ritual? To make trying something new less scary, Ritual offers a money-back guarantee if you're not 100% in love. It's a money-back guarantee, guys. Plus, my listeners get 10% off during your first three months. Just visit ritual.com slash velvet to add essential protein today. That's ritual.com slash velvet. I've gained the COVID-19 over the past two years and I've literally tried everything to take the weight off and nothing has worked. Everything has been a fad or a gimmick until now. Calibrate is not a diet or a quick fix product. That's why it's worked for me. It's a year-long commitment that gives you the tools to fight your biology. It's different because it's a comprehensive doctor-guided metabolic reset that promotes sustainable results through lifestyle changes. Your medical team includes doctors who assess your health in an initial 45-minute video visit, provide ongoing medical support, and prescribe GLB-1s as part of your one-year metabolic reset. Calibrate's earliest members lost an average of 14% of their body weight, which is so unbelievable to me. Your weight doesn't reflect your willpower. Get back in control with Calibrate. Get $50 off the one-year metabolic reset when you use promo code VELVET at jointcalibrate.com. That's $50 off when you use code VELVET at joincalibrate.com. The holiday shopping season is completely overwhelming. What to get mom, dad, your sister, your best friends, cousins, neighbors, dog. That's why I went to Raycon and got the one gift that everyone can use. Raycon wireless earbuds. Raycon wireless earbuds are all that I use now to record this podcast. The audio quality is so good. I love the fact that they're available in five stylish colors and with free shipping and returns, gifting them is easier than ever. The holidays are coming up faster than you think. Now is the time to knock out that gift list and avoid the last minute shipping scramble, especially because right now my listeners, that's you guys, will get 15% off site-wide with code HOLIDAY at buyraycon.com velvet. Go to buyraycon.com velvet and use code HOLIDAY today to get 15% off your entire Raycon order. Buyraycon.com slash velvet and get 15% off site. wide. With the holidays just around the corner, there's no better gift for your friends and family than skylight frames. So many of my really good friends have left New York, and it's so hard to see them face to face. That's why I chose to get them skylight frames this holiday season. Skylight frame is a photo frame that you can update instantly by email from anywhere. It sets up effortlessly in under 60 seconds. So even if you're technologically challenged, it's so easy. You just plug it in, use the touchscreen to connect to your wireless network and enjoy. Everyone in your family and all of your friends can just email pictures to your personal Skylight email address. It's 100% satisfaction guaranteed. If you don't love your Skylight, they'll offer you a full refund. Now, as a special offer, you can get $10 off your personal, Purchase of a Skylight Frame when you go to skylightframe.com and enter code VELVET. That's right. To get $10 off your purchase of a Skylight Frame, just go to skylightframe.com and enter code VELVET. That's S-K-Y-L-I-G-H-T-F-R-A-M-E.com, promo code VELVET. If you've ever dreamed of having the chance to win awesome prizes, like a trip to Japan worth $40,000, dream houses in LA, Miami, and Austin, Texas, then you have to check out Omaze, the new way to give back to charity and have fun while doing it. Here's how Omaze works. You enter for the chance to win something amazing. And at the same time, you can donate to support great causes. And it's a way for nonprofits to raise money and for you to win big prizes, like the multi-million-dollar house in Miami. you really got to check out this house. It has seven bedrooms, six bathrooms, and looks like a freaking resort. Go to amazecom slash velvet robe and select the Miami Dream House or a different experience of your choosing. Once you've selected your prize, choose a donation amount from $10 to 150. The more you donate, the more entries you'll get. Enter today for your chance to win the Miami Dream House or other life-changing prizes and experiences at omaze.com slash velvet robe. Plus, receive 20 extra entries when you enter. Enter the code VELVETROPE20. That's O-M-A-Z-E dot com slash VELVETROPE. Enter the code VELVETROPE20 to receive 20 extra entries. What? (laughs) What are you talking about? Well. (laughs) Why would you be happy? (laughs) Well, I mean. That's hilarious. Well, you think so? I mean she is doing this and is risk-taking and if she's guilty she's taking people's money knowingly that it's wrong and you say that she wants to go on a show because this is her dream for fame I mean it's one show one season 700,000 people are watching I mean most people in the world at that point don't know a Jen Shaw from a Mary Cosby we do. Everyone listening to this podcast does and all their friends do, but the real world of millions and billions of people don't know a Jen Shaw from Mary Cosby. It's 700,000 people watching some cable channel. And I think most people know Jen Shaw's name now. So do you think that any part of her is happy? that this happened? No,
3: I don't. I think she doesn't want to be associated with this publicly. I mean, but what can she do? She's trying to make the best of it. I do think she's, you know, now that her cover's blown and it's coming out that allegedly she hasn't made money a proper way, it's kind of taken away all of her business. Like she built herself up in Salt Lake City as being like a a businesswoman who was super successful, you know, against all odds. And now that entire image has been blown. So I'd say that she's probably kind of struggling to figure out how is she going to reinvent herself after this?
2: Well, I think first she should I mean if she goes to jail, she has other it problems.
3: Oh, no, the kind of jail time Jen's facing is life-changing. It's not Teresa jail. It's right. It's it's like four cell phone changes you know, like we'll be on iPhone 18 by then. It's kind of like
2: when people like come out of jail and they're like, what is this thing? Facebook? Wait, wait, there's an Instagram. What's this TikToker? It's going to be like that. Like, yeah, it's
3: like uh, get out and your kids are grown time. God. Well, okay. What about and you don't
2: think that there's any part of her that's cocky with the social media, ain't no party like a Jen Sharp party because a Gen Sharp party don't stop?
3: No, I think she's trying to, uh, I do think she's using, you know, like when she came up with her tagline, right? Her tagline is the only thing I'm guilty of is being shamazing. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, that's really taking lightly. A situation. And the danger is this, the jury may have heard the tagline and they may not think it's funny when they hear the 30 stories from the elderly victims. And they may Mm. think it's kind of arrogant and like not, you know, they may, or they may think that the money she's spending on the show is money that was taken from them. That's the risk of doing what she's doing right now.
2: Right. Well, also, yeah, the whole I plane and I have this many shoes and all that, that whole mantra from the housewife and the shocker, that's not going to go over well with a jury.
3: Yeah. And prosecutors are human. If they feel like she's making fun of the system or not respecting the system, that's going to infuriate them secretly. And they might come a little harder. You know, maybe they have four cases they're really involved with and they're excited about for their careers. And they may go, you know, I'm going to give a little more time to this one because they're human.
2: What about since your star appearance on The Housewife in the Shah Shocker? Well, backing up, who have you been speaking to this season as we watch R-H-O-S-L-C. Who in the Salt Lake camp have you been speaking to on a regular basis?
3: I will never disclose that to you. (laughs) I mean, I've been speaking to plenty of people. I know, but I can't really speak to them because I do gossip and my gossip, as you know, is next level, right? So- What about, have you heard from anyone in the
2: community since your star appearance on The Housewife and the Shaw Shocker?
3: I actually haven't looked. Is that terrible? Okay. No. I haven't looked. I have so many DMs, you guys. And I'm so sorry if anybody that talks to me on Instagram is listening because I have not had a, a second to go through my DMs or anything. like I I know people have, and I haven't, yeah. Are you shocked
2: based on the van scene? Like what shocks you? We have Meredith, who was on my show, is not there. Anything shock you about that? We can go down the list here. I mean, Meredith is like, in what way? Sorry. Well, I mean, she wasn't there, you know, the whole thing. Okay. She didn't, you know, call the feds, but I mean, that was the thing. And like,
3: I don't get that. I'm like, what is she talking about? I'm so confused. The last episode really confused me. How so?
2: Because Miss Meredith was just here. About
3: Jen anyway. It did. It was like, I don't know. It was like Meredith was like alluding to the fact that you know, she somehow notified the feds of Jen's whereabouts or something. And she had like a reason to do it because, you know, doesn't she based on the allegations and all this stuff? I was so confused by that. (laughs) I was like, what? I mean, I just, being that I've been on the show, I would, I can't even imagine somebody, you know, finding out information like that the cops are closing in on a cast member and actually inserting themselves in the middle by calling and saying, here's where we are. It just makes no sense to me.
2: It makes no sense to you, that part. What
3: about how do you feel about Jenny eating the
2: snacks and Lisa calling six lawyers that she has on retainer?
3: I mean, I, I, Lisa Barlow had, uh, an attorney friend or that was a close associate of hers get indicted. I think it was only two weeks before that. So I would say that she was probably pretty scared. A lot of people getting indicted around her. (laughs) It's kind of odd. What about Heather Gay wanting to call Jen and
2: Lisa being like, I wouldn't call. I mean, I think that's good advice. I wouldn't tip someone off. The feds are on their way.
3: Absolutely. Because as you mentioned, like if they choose to take that the wrong way, it's very easy for them to to just charge her. I mean- This is like, that's the kind of borderline stuff that we're, you know, there's some things that are really on the cusp and that would be one of them if they wanted to prove a point or if they, or if they were trying, uh, you know, maybe they want to get a certain testimony or something, then charging someone for doing that would give them the opportunity to get it.
2: What about Miss Rose, who's you've pointed out on your show that her husband, Works for an MLM or has been involved in an MLM. Yeah, his whole
3: career has been MLM. Still, he's in one. Yep. Learn more about that on the Patreon.
2: Okay, go. Well, (laughs) what about the fact that Miss Rose seems to know quite a bit about this whole process of what's legal and what's not legal? And Whitney knew a lot.
3: That's definitely from her husband.
2: So Her husband's
3: about? been sued for like ex like uh you know false claims and all this stuff. The lawsuit was um when it got moved. I forget. It was like I'm, I'm so tired. Sorry. When it got moved from New Jersey to I think Salt Lake City, they dropped him from the case. But it, it's a civil case. But they were basically saying that uh, Justin had you know sold sold people false claims and exaggerated things. And, you know, and he's been in the multi-level marketing, um, business for his whole career. So, and, and many of the companies he's been involved with have had problems. Um, hmm. and it's all on the patron, if you want to hear the details of it, but, uh, I just did this actually, my bonus audio, I covered him in detail that his, I just found out some new gossip about him that I'm really excited about. But um, yeah, so she would have heard from him about all of these types of uh, scenarios, being that he's in multi-level marketing companies at the level that he is, which is the highest level. So
2: you've been involved in this.
3: Now it's over.
2: Where do you want this to go? You apparently, you started by saying you want to do a third one of these. Like, what do you want to come from this now that you've had two roles on these series?
3: Um, well, do you want to know which one I want to do next or? (laughs)
2: Yes. Which one would you like to do next?
3: I'd like to do Mary Cosby next. Really? Yes. Okay. I didn't see that coming. That's what I want to do
2: next. I didn't see that coming. I mean, Meredith, we discussed some of that when she was here that got some pick up in the press and how so just the claims that this gentleman who has passed away made cam and the fact that Mary's god and runs a cult is that what you're talking about the rumors are Is that what you'd like to do
3: yeah absolutely i think it would be very interesting to cover the allegations that have been made by her family members and multiple people that have belonged to the church and the amounts of money that have been donated to the church and the sort of consequences, inflictions that have happened to those people, and then the psychological alleged damages that she had done to them, I think it would be an amazing show. And have you voiced this opinion to anyone?
2: Is there any interest? Like, where are we in the development stage of this new show?
3: Oh, that's funny. Oh my goodness. I wish we could just go from one to the other, but it doesn't work like that. I've certainly put it out there. Let's just say that. Well,
2: I'm available for that one. Um, (laughs) Okay.
3: I mean, that's that's
2: an interesting one. What do you say to the fact that... You know, Carol Raswell. I mean, I know you've pointed out, according to you, that you were chosen because we have a fan of your show running this, but what about the fact that Carol said, you know, they asked her and implied that they really went down the line of every housewife and landed on you and stop, Danielle. I mean,
3: I'd say the same thing that, you know, I feel like, didn't you have someone on your show at one point, it was maybe Rachel you could tell who said, That, you know, she would love to be on The Real Housewives of New York and anyone who says that they wouldn't want to be on The Real Housewives of New York is kind of a liar because it's just such a great opportunity. Didn't that happen on your show? That was my very, very good friend, Rachel, you could tell. Very good friend. Yes. So, yeah, so that's my answer to that. I just think there's absolutely no rationale to not do uh, the Hulu show if you're asked and you kn- and you can learn the content or you're interested in the content or uh, you already are an expert in the content. There's just no reason you wouldn't unless you're holding out for an opportunity with Bravo or the Peacock, which means you're not being honest in the reason you're turning it down. But can't you argue, and I'm not taking anyone's side,
2: why do it? Like you have an incentive to do it as does Brian Moylan. I mean, he wrote a book and he might write another book on the subject and you are dishing drama with Dana, but why would like the average ex housewife do it? Like, what do they gain by speaking out about this?
3: I mean, what you get, I mean, what I think you gain is you get to teach people about in the first case, how one of the most extraordinary lawyers of our time that we made into a God stole money from people who were his clients. So now maybe everybody who watches that show will make sure that their attorneys, you know, don't, when they say like, Hey, let me keep your client funds and charge, you know, you'll make interest off the money. We'll know there's a con happening. Maybe if they don't get a proper statement or get their money paid in time, they'll be more aggressive in following up. And we might be able to stop a a future scam from happening. We might even get the California Bar Association to step it up and and start polices, policing the attorneys like they're supposed to be doing to protect the consumers, and other plaintiff bars. So that's why you do it. You draw because you're drawing attention to a really important subject that happened. You know that helps a lot of people, and in this case maybe some elderly people or their family members will watch the show and they'll go, you know what? I have gotten a hustle like that. Oh my God. My mom's getting calls like that because Jen Shaw and the Kabachi people, there are just a few of them. There's many, many more where they came from. And you know, the elderly are targets. Uh, You know, that's why I'd like to do a Mary Cosby because I'd like to educate people on how cults, can take your money and your assets and your spirit and destroy you.
2: Well, the show is going on with or without you. So like everybody will be educated. Why should you be, you know what I mean? Like what? No, that's why
3: Carol would be help because Carol would be helping get that message out as an established journalist. Why did she go to Afghanistan and cover the war? I'm certain it wasn't because she wanted to enjoy a war experience. She wanted to tell a story. And she told it as a journalist and the only way she could tell it truly and to really get across the the travesty of the war and everything was to go there and experience it and then tell the story. And that's it. And could they have gotten another person to go? Sure. But she wanted to tell the story and make sure it got told in a certain way. So that's what I'm doing.
2: Were you paid for this experience?
3: I started with the podcast saying I didn't. Didn't
2: I? I don't remember you saying that here tonight. Oh,
3: maybe it was on my live. Sorry, David. I didn't? Yeah, I did I did not. I do not get paid for any of the ABC shows I've done. Just like I don't get paid for this show.
2: No, unfortunately, listen, my team was working out a stipend for you, but we had to give it to Susan Lucci. No, just kidding. I I paid
3: you. I paid you a hundred (laughs) bucks.
2: You did. Okay. We need to do another Instagram that that was, and by the way, do you know who I told about this? And I'm not joking. Okay. You want to make your coins? You know, who's, you know, who's interested in this, What? but we're going to split the money because she is like, wait, you talk. And then we stay up. And then you get paid. It was a Ms. Kim. Yes. <laughs> yes. Ms. DePola. Miss Kim. Okay. D. We'll do was it. Was like, we- wait, I don't understand. Like, we're just going to talk. And I'm like, oh yeah, people are going to send us money. I like we'll to do life. a marathon.
3: Kim was like, no,
2: here's the thing about Kim. She goes to bed. So like, she'll just go to bed with the dogs, but she'll still maybe be on the thing. I'll be like, Kim, you can't go to sleep. You're going to get paid. But Kim was definitely into this, but okay. So like, you don't get paid. Okay. Well, like, I mean, listen, I understand. Look, I think it's a great move for you because of what you do for a living. I'm not sure it's a great move for everybody to be honest,
3: Well, it's not if they want to go on the Peacock or they want to go back on Bravo. For Carol, it would have been a great move because she's a journalist. It makes, I mean, I told you. You think this
2: puts your your nail in in the Bravo coffin. You think, I mean, you're. Oh, it it definitely puts your
3: nail in the Bravo coffin
2: which is probably why Brian did it too, because they, well, Brian's
3: always been on the outskirts him. of the Bravo right. world. I mean, you know, but I mean his
2: book, but he's let's not even get started
3: about the back. Well, the, I'm the so house glad. House. I'm so glad you did. I like, I, you know, I got cut of the, out of uh the diamonds book or whatever. Are you kidding me? Because they, Wait they cut me. Wait, yeah, totally. I
2: find this the most hilarious said, so wait a second, slow down, slow down. So you did your interview for that book. Just like yeah. everyone else. Yeah. I way, got, I got way back on. before you had dishing drama with Dana.
3: So what happened was Brian, uh, Brian, sorry, David Mm-hmm. Reached out Dave Quinn reached out to me via DM and he was like, We're dying to interview you for this book that when we're writing. This,
2: before dishing drama or after it started,
3: I um, think before I think it was before. Yes. Yeah, it was before. And uh he was like, Oh my gosh, we're so excited. And you know, he's like, you know, he really stayed in touch with me, actively DMing me. I actually posted it on the Patreon because I was like, I need you guys to see that he like really chased me to do this interview. Like, that's what makes it so. Of course I did. And I posted on the Patreon like I do everything anyway. So um, it's all on there if you want to see it, but basically it said like him trying to reach out to me to schedule the time. And then like, we couldn't do this time. We did that time. Anyway, I ended up doing like, I want to say two hours. It was like a two hour interview and you know, we left it on that note, and that was it. And then all of a sudden, the book comes out. He never says one word to me now. Dave and I talk on DM. Dave and I, uh, I had said to him, you should come on and promote the book when you're ready to come on the podcast. It'd be so fun. Um, you know, I'm always rooting for Dave. Like very supportive to him, and. This is what's shocking. So they cut me out uh, and I I I want you guys to know that on my Patreon I did an entire podcast about what I told Dave. And my entire interview with Dave has been redone by me in the Patreon because I do believe they censored some of it on intentionally. Were um, you in the book to, at all though? No, so what happened was David interviewed me for two hours. He's like, okay, great. I got what I need. I I totally know what, you know, the questions were bang on point, stuff that the the um uh the Bravo fans would love. And then the book comes out and I'm I had a feeling I could just because I told you, I think Bravo has blacklisted. Well, they have blacklisted me, right? And because of my job right? Because of what I do. And obviously showing up on the housewife and the hustler didn't help. Um, and so what ends up happening is I go, I say to some of my friends, you know, who I knew had the book, I'm like, I bet you I'm not in it. Am I? And so they read it like front to back. And they were like, no, not one mention, like completely deleted from housewife history. Like, um, and I said, they really hate I, you. Yeah, they really hate me. So then I wrote Dave, and I was like, Dave, why? Like, wow. I mean, how much was this book edited? Because it seems to me like there's a very specific story being told in this book, and and like I, you know, I thought this was going to be sort of like the final truth of everything coming out. But what I'm really seeing is a very edited book. Um, That
2: it's on a certain yeah, it's on Andy's publishing.
3: Yeah. And so
2: that's why I personally didn't read it. Yeah. And
3: so it's, it's very positioned is what I got. And I said, you know what? Uh, And Dave was like, well, it wasn't really Andy Cohen who cut you out. It was the editor. And I was like, "Mm, I don't think so. Cause I'm like the biggest editor in Andy Cohen books is Andy Cohen.
2: I can't believe you were cut out altogether.
3: No, not even a, not even a paragraph. Like, like, a two-hour and here's what pissed me off. I really need you to hear this: The lack of courtesy that Dave Quinn didn't bother after he interviewed me to just send a quick note. I am so sorry, Dana. The book is about to come out. Unfortunately, I, you know, submitted you. You know I wanted you in the book, but based on things I can't get into you know, we had to cut you out of the book. I would have read between the lines. I would have known it had to do with dishing drama, Dana. I would have said, you know, okay, I got it. No problem, Dave. Thank you for the heads up and that courtesy. But instead he didn't say one word and he let me discover it after the fact by like a bunch of people telling me. And I was like, Click that unfollow button and that book is bullshit. And now I'm going to go talk about like what I said. So whatever. That's that.
2: Right. Now, listen, I am going to keep my opinion to myself based on a lot of the people you just mentioned.
1: Ah, mm, The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year. Now by going to Caskers.com and using code welcome 10 for $10 off your first purchase, get $10 off your first purchase with code welcome 10 at Caskers.com.
2: Which we all can read between the lines of what that means, but (laughs) you know, (laughs)
3: This is where we need a sound effect
2: from Casey, (laughs) but so right. Listen, you're not an idiot. I'm very much the same way. Like I understand how life works. Like just tell me the real deal. Like I get how it works and we can move on. That's the entertainment business. Let's do it. I get what you're saying. I, I get what you're saying. And
3: yeah, yeah. I mean, that's like if I- you were in a show and I was involved with it and I asked you to do it and I knew that they got rid of you for some reason, I would be like the first person, it, even if there was a right. hundred people, right. like a hundred people get cut, let's say, which I know is not the case, but let's pretend a hundred people get cut. I still would spend the time because I asked you. Right. And to, he would say to acknowledge you and say, I'm sorry, I wasted you two hours. I'm sorry, you know, all this stuff. I want to let you know for your feelings or whatever. And I that- mean, I would just say like, listen, like you understand, like I'm the
2: writer in this process, but like the people known as like NBC PR, like the head of NBC, Andy Cohn, like these people are way above me. There's nothing I can do. I'm not calling to, this is not open for discussion. I'm just giving you a courtesy heads up. Like a courtesy there's, heads there's up. There's nothing I can do. It's right, really above, right. It's, it's a way above me, because this was a directive. The head of NBCPR reached out to every single housewife and said, "You have our full blessing. You do not have to check with us. You do not have to worry about contracts. You have full blessing and full approval. You can speak to this gentleman who is writing this book." That's, that's a fact. I mean, I know that for a fact that that email was sent.
3: So I'm, I'm just telling you. So I there's the result, shocked, but it would I have been one shocked. thing if they had just cut, if they had not approached me at all, it would have been fine. But the fact right. that they approached me scheduled it. That's why I posted the DMS. Cause I was like the audacity of it. And the the lack of courtesy, it's like, I mean, even though I do deep, deep gossip, and, you know, some of it, the truth sometimes lies in some really nasty stuff. I, I'm always fair. I and guess, I just felt that was really, uh, you know, dirty. That's,
2: that's not right. Honestly, that's, that, that's not right. Dirty. Well, and again, it's not just because I was contacted from across the pond and I am in Mr. Moylan's book. And listen, let me tell you something. I have to say, I never got around to having Brian back on my show after the book came out because I've been so busy and the show has been sold out for months, but I love Brian. But there are a ton, I have to say, a ton of people that have DM'd me and said, I just read about you in Brian's book. So for that, I have to say, I personally, like I'm a very loyal person. Like I have no idea what Brian said about me. I have not read the book. I don't really care what it says. I'm sure it could paint me in so many different ways, but I am grateful to him because I truly have gotten DMs that have said, I am DMing you and I now listen to this podcast because of Brian Moylan. And that's, I mean, it's not five people. It's not, it's literally hundreds. So yeah, for, Brian for is that, loved. I will
3: I will always personally. Brian is loved because he's an excellent writer. He's an actually proper highbrow He's an excellent writer. writer. And listen, when I had, he's like New York times level, you know, journalistic writer and it comes across in his writing. It's, it's, and, and, and he's loved by the community. He is. So,
2: yeah. And also like when I had him on the show, uh, literally a year before any of this, like, I mean, he tells the story that he was contacted by them. And I mean, the whole reason Dave's book exists is because Brian said, no, like you can't, like Brian was like, wait, if you want me to, if you want to like publish this, aren't you going to kind of control the narrative? Like ding, ding, ding. And Brian's like, yeah, that's not the book I'm writing. I'm writing an actual book.
3: So, absolutely.
2: And then Bravo rushed Dave's book out, Nature Brian's came out first. And then we're like, you know, but that's Right. I mean, that's just the bottom line. I'm not even being shady. That's how it all went down. When Brian said, no, they're like, you're not going to put out a housewives book. We're going to put out our own book.
3: Well, and I want to say something, uh, you know, for the people that think that uh, ABC is, is, you know, kind of riding on Bravo's coattails. The truth is that Brian Moylan wrote in his book that in 2006, uh, ABC put out uh, Desperate Housewives and, uh, it was, I think, let me see if I can have the statistics here. Cause I have Brian's book. Um,
2: sorry, I didn't read it, Brian. Thanks for the mention.
3: Um,
2: but I will read it. I just haven't got around to it.
3: It desperate housewives. Second season had 21.4 million viewers. And a lot of people, or at least Brian Moylan uh, alluded in his book that he felt that that was what gave Andy Cohen the sort of gumption to launch or invest in the Real Housewives of Orange County show. In the reality show that later was Real Housewives of Orange County yeah, because was of Desperate Housewives. And
2: because of the OC with Misha Barn. Yeah, it was A plus B, 100%. So, That's
3: and true. the timing on that works out. So, in a sense... ABC inspired the Housewives franchise with Desperate Housewives. Yes. And I'll leave you on that note, Andy Cohen. <laughs>
2: Listen, <just> <laughs> nobody didn't tune in to watch Brie Van de Camp and that fucking Nicolette Sheridan is Edie Brick. Nothing was better than the Sunday night that was Desperate Housewives.
3: Nothing. I mean, can you imagine 21.4 million viewers? Now, Real Housewives of Orange County, it's season one. Had four hundred and thirty thousand. <laughs> so, anyway,
2: I I listen. I love a little Bree Um, What? So that's shocking. Okay, so I'm so I'm very sorry you got cut out of the book and they threw you to the wolves. Um, what did I want to ask you? Okay, so you think her case is worse than Erica's?
3: Okay, now you're being repetitive. <laughs> no, no, no. We're, I know we're you're trying to get a part two, no, no, but we can't bore no, no, people. No, no, no.
2: I'm, I'm, I'm moving. I'm just driving off the left turn because where I'm going with this is I'm thinking of a segue of there. You know, you. How can I say this? I feel a lot of people do what you do and aren't as disliked necessarily by Bravo or garners some attention from certain people. And I think that is because you are actually on the show. Like you've really reinvented yourself with this new life, right? I, I think, I mean, it's almost kudos to you. Like some of these other people whose names I won't mention because I have no interest in them. It, they're not on Bravo's radar. So it's almost a good thing now.
3: I don't know. I mean, what can I say on the gift that keeps on giving? <laughs> well, let me like put me it or this hate way. Me,
2: yeah. Well, let me put it this way. I mean, there are podcasters that say things. Now you are just minding your own business. Now you aren't minding your own business because your business is the gossip, but you post something on your Instagram, which we don't need to relive it, but it's this public address, which is public knowledge. I'm not taking sides. And then this whole thing with Teddy, where Teddy then says that you caused the home invasion of Dory and PK.
3: Yeah. Yeah. You want me to talk about that? Yes. Because to me, that is like,
2: you know, nobody else has, I don't think if someone else posted it, that Teddy Mellencamp on Entertainment Tonight would be bringing this up. I know. I think we've talked about Jen Shaw and the Housewife and the Shaw Shocker for a minute. So- this weekend on Patreon, Dana is going to explain how Teddy Mellencamp DM'd her, what the DM said, and basically get into the fact that not in so many words, I mean, Teddy and PK and everyone involved is basically accusing Dana of being responsible for Dorit's home invasion. And this then was in page six in all these papers that Teddy Mellencamp accuses Dana of being responsible for Dorit's home invasion. Dana, of course, says, I'm not responsible. It all goes back to an Instagram post. And we're about to get to the bottom of it. Just what did these DMs say from Miss Mellencamp? All of that this weekend on Patreon. And then, yes, let's bring it back to Jen Shaw. We've got some more to say about her. But let's face it. We all really want to know what's going on between Dana and Teddy and Dory and PK. This weekend on Patreon.